Welcome back to the Two Guys Named Chris Show. Lisa Lanier is our official attorney of this program, and we've just added a case to her docket. We've got a good docket going anyway today. She always comes in for Lawyer Up to solve these legal cases in minutes. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm fantastic. I hope you guys are. Doing very we, we well, thank tacos you. tacos and lattos. Yes, we do. Mm. This lottery story just came up. There was a story about someone who went to a convenience store to buy lottery tickets and left them in like an ashtray area. Oh, like the little dispensing tray. Yeah. The, accidentally left them behind. The next person came in to buy lottery tickets and said, oh, these aren't mine. They were left here. The woman who sold them, who ran the store, the clerk, she said, okay, I'll take care of it. Took them. Put them in her bra. Yeah. Came home, used them, we think, as an ashtray. Correct. <laughs> then they drew the numbers. Just, Holy shit. $3 million. That's a $3 million winner. Now, I feel like what she did there was shady, sketchy, illegal. Now, the guy never came back. The lottery commission flagged it and went and found him and got him his $3 million. But my question is, let's say the same guy buys five lottery tickets and on his way to his car, drops one in the parking lot. And it blows around out there in the breeze for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then the woman who sold it goes out there on her break, spots it, picks it up, and says, oh, I got a free lottery ticket. Maybe he doesn't realize I sold it to this person. She sold a million of them in a day. Or if just a customer comes by and finds it in the parking lot, then it wins $3 million. Is Finders Keepers? I think Finders Keepers is the law, Lisa. Your thoughts? Well, Finders Keepers is not exactly the law, but it's kind of a modified Finders Keepers. So the idea is, that first of all, if you know who owns a uh, lost property, then you have a duty to to give back to them. But if you don't know, then you your rights become superior in possession of the property only to only you know only second to the true owner. Should they be able to come forward and prove that that was their ticket or their property? Uh-huh. And so here, you know, if he just bought the ticket, it's unlikely that he took a picture of it or anything like that. Although some people do, they immediately take pictures of the ticket. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, absent something like that where he would come forward, then it would be the finder. Okay, so huh. the finder would. But in this case, when the woman clearly knew she had sold it to him and uh, pocketed them as her own, she's in the wrong, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And most lotteries, you know, state by state, but most commissions have rules against kind of self-dealing of the store owner. And they would frown upon this anyway. Plus, she has a duty to find it. And I'm sure, like, you know, the commission was able to come in and find him. She could have, too. She had surveillance video. Yeah. So she had a duty to do that. Exactly. He's that guy that fixes boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that now, if, if uh, somebody's just walking along a street or parking lot, just coming into the store and finds them, it's theirs, yeah. right? Right. If Unless, you know, unless the true owner, because like I said, that's, you know, yeah. the true owner's yeah. rights are, are number one. Number two is the finder. And, there, you know, there was a really famous case out of North Carolina where a lady in a hospital, UNC hospital, uh, a guy sits next to her. He gets up. His wallet falls out of his pocket. It's uh, laying there on the chair beside her. And she's on surveillance video going, you know, take it. Right. And um, he's still in the building. You know, mm-hmm. she could have found him. A classic case that just established, hey, lady, you can't do that. You okay. know, the dude was in the building. You should have found him. Right. Okay. But if I do find it, just as a average Joe out in the by the gas pumps, and mm-hmm. I pick it up and scratch it, and it wins, and I take it to the lottery commission, and they say, now, where did you buy this? Mm-hmm. Do they do that? Do you think they'll do that? If if you don't remember, or or it fell out of somebody's mm-hmm. car seat, and yeah. and you and it was actually bought down the road and not at the yeah. and say I bought it there, and they go track it and see where it's well. Let's say Dave. Distributed. Let's say you find it on the street, and you go and it wins ten million dollars, and at the lottery commission, you let's say you say, oh, I found it on the street. Do they go and look for the original winner? 
I don't think so. I mean, they may. I don't know. But right. like, in that situation, it was immediately suspect because right. of your situation because right, of right, the woman right, owned it. Right, right, right. And, you know, all, not, and, and plus, most people would probably say, somebody gave it to me or I don't remember. Yeah. Like, most people wouldn't say I found it. All They're right. very common as gifts. Very common. That's true. And, and you know, as a receiver, you have no idea what they were purchased. Exactly. That's true. All right. I'll tell you, though, if... Now, we give them as Christmas gifts a lot. Yeah. I can just see the giver. If I wound up winning $10 million going, hey, I'm going to need a little some of that. <laughs> All right. They put that in our white elephant thing, you know, our dirty mm. Santa. Do you guys right. still uh, buy them through your app, Biggie, yeah. Kelly? Yeah, when the money gets high enough, we buy them through the app. Only when it's high enough? Only, yeah. I bet you do. It's uh, <laughs> You know, it's got to get up there. When they're talking about it on the news, we buy it. There is a woman in Michigan who is in some trouble today. Now, here's our question about it. Her name is Shannon Soltis. She's 51 years old. She was sending drugs into an inmate she knew at the Kent County Jail. The problem was the inmate had already been released. <laughs> Uh-oh, my bad, my fault. Here's the way she did it. This was pretty smart on her part. She put the return address of a lawyer on the envelope then she's put some drugs inside the envelope well it got returned to the sender the sender was the lawyer and he gets it on his desk opens it up finds drugs and he's the one that wound up blowing the whistle on the whole thing our question is since the inmate was no longer in the jail is he in any trouble at all since he wasn't there he hasn't been charged with anything just not so smart shannon has been charged right (laughs) yep she not only sent the drugs to a guy that was no longer there, but she also talked to, I believe, a different guy mm-hmm. about getting drugs into him, or maybe the same guy, but it was over the jail phone that is monitored by the jailers. Right. And so they got a warrant. They went to her house. They busted up her mess production and everything. So she's facing all kinds of charges, and she's actually lucky. So far, she's only been charged with state offenses. But because she used the U.S. mail, she could actually be charged with federal drug trafficking much more serious, 30 years in prison. Whoa, whoa. If they, charge her, if, she, if they charge her with federal drug trafficking. Yeah. But didn't she, you think she had a pretty ingenious plan there of putting the lawyer's return address on the envelope? Yeah, because they don't. I don't think they open mail from lawyers. Okay, yeah. that's right. They just, they just sent it back. We did hear, though, that they will open it in front of an inmate. That was the – we did this story the first time around. But then to make sure everything is there. But, you know, they do get to see what's in there. So there is someone who we yeah. think on staff and the inmate. That's right, that, that they will uh, do that. But you don't think the inmate's going to be charged with anything here because he's gone. Yeah, he's gone, and I haven't seen anything about any charges against him. Now, he, you know, he could potentially be charged in some kind of a conspiracy yeah. aspect because obviously he was in on it and he was on the phone recorded. Yep. But in uh, these little things that what she was giving him was uh, Suboxone, which is a it's actually an opi- uh, opioid addiction drug, but it's also an addictive. It's a Schedule Three controlled substance, but it comes on these little strips, so it was easy to hide in a letter. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Oh, All right. And did we ask Lisa yeah. about the two-way call in the prison when you go visit somebody? That is monitored, right, Lisa? If you go visit somebody, and can it be used in court later? They monitor uh, phone calls, and they monitor, I think, those those kind of calls and. And typically, they can be used because, the, you know, usually it's everyone knows it's being recorded. Usually, it does not run afoul of any privacy. There's some, I think there's some states that restrict, uh, particularly if it's an attorney talking to them. That's a different story. But I think uh, family members, and stuff, they, they right. typically, because, you know, that's where you get, that's where they get a lot of leads a lot of times is from yeah. phone calls yeah. in jail. They'll record all that. This was the story that was everywhere a few days ago. And I got to tell you, I'm on Taco John's side on this. It's Taco John's. 
that trademarked the term Taco Tuesday in 1989. They had already used it for a couple of years. Every Tuesday, you'd get two tacos for only 99 cents. So they trademarked Taco Tuesday. Well, Taco Bell has filed a petition with the trademark office to get that dropped. Their argument is Taco Tuesday is such a common phrase, and so many people use it now, that them being barred from using it is absurd. Well, Taco John says, by golly, you can't use it, even though Taco John's only has 400 restaurants and Taco Bell has 7,000. Taco John says, that's ours. You're not using it. What do you think here, Lisa? I'm on Taco John's side. Yeah, you know, I uh, I like Taco Bell to win this one, unfortunately, for the, for the little guy. Oh, oh, man. Lisa, no. no. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I love the Taco John, you know, idea that the little guy can win here. But the uh, trademark office often cancels trademarks that are old like this, where those phrases have gone on to become commonplace in our vernacular. And I think... You know, everybody talks about Taco Tuesday. I mean, it's like, it's not quite up there with Kleenex, you know, as mm-hmm. far as like, but it's up there. So I think, you know, that's that's what they're going to boil it down to is how common is this now? Do we just think of this, uh, you know, do we say Taco Tuesday only in reference to thinking about Taco John's? Heck no, I didn't even know Taco John's existed and I say Taco Tuesday, right? Right, so, right. yeah, that's you right. Know, so that's, the, that's the thing is it's common. It's it, it now sort of means something else. But now let me ask you this. this we got into this discussion. In January, if a mattress store not affiliated with the NFL wants to say a Super Bowl of savings on our mattresses uh, this week, they're not allowed to do that, even though Super Bowl, to me, is as common as Taco Tuesday. You know, you throw that around all the time. What do you think? Yeah, and Super Bowl is still a very specific event, though, that is unique to the NFL. It's not like, you know, it's not like there's other Super Bowls, at least not, because they trademarked it, right? And yeah. so they kept everybody from... Right. So, yeah, I think it's a little... You know, you have other bowl games. They're named other things, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. But you know, I don't think they go after a lot of these little places anymore like they used to. You do see people doing that a lot, so yeah. they may. And the lack of going after people for using it will actually weaken their brand and weaken their arguments for keeping the trademark if anybody ever seeks to cancel it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like if Taco John's very early on had been really diligent and nobody, so then we didn't know the term. It would be specifically theirs, but now it's gotten out everywhere, so that's it. Maybe Taco Bell shouldn't be able to to use it where Taco John is. In those markets. In those markets. I mean, what if Wendy's came up and said, you know, I'm loving it. Wendy's, I'm loving it. Right. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. You can't do that. That's McDonald's. Well, this is Taco John. I, well, I agree. I'm with you. Is Taco John. John alive to see this? His his his, uh, his brainchild disappear. I hope he's rolling over in his Listen, we got calls from Nebraska saying Taco John's is better than Taco Bell. They We're were waiting on a delivery of a hard shell. We got a hard shell headed our way. From Nebraska. From Nebraska. Hopefully yep, should by be Monday. in Tennessee by now. That's right. I hope so. <laughs> Another food item here in the news. This is Publix in Orlando. A group went in to get to the bakery at Publix, which I hear is very good. And they wanted a cake that said trans people deserve joy. They were on their way to their transgender joy event hosted by a group that they had co-founded. Uh, so to put on the cake, trans people deserve joy on a flowery sheet cake. They were met with a face of confusion and someone who said, I'm not comfortable writing oh, that. What? Oh, what? <laughs> well, you know what I picture? Yeah. I picture like old Barbara with the piping bag like above the cake. And, like, and she's like, now what am I writing? <laughs> uh, it says here, trans people deserve joy. Piping bag shaking. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> Refuse. Trains? Refuse. No, not no trains. trains. No, that's got to be, be a shame. Trans Ham? 
<laughs> the bakery, no, Trans Am. <laughs> the bakery offered to write, "People deserve joy," and they do, and they do, leaving extra room at the top. And they said, "You can write on it what you want after you get it, but we're just writing, people deserve joy.'" But that was not good enough for the folks who were having the trans too edgy for publics. Yep, a little too edgy for public. But now, and they, and by the way, the the two left. And uh, piped the word trans on top of the cake themselves. They did. But, you know, a professional pipist is going to have it looking a lot better. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. There, there aren't that many cake bosses out there. Is there any legal uh, uh, means? Is there anything illegal about that? Are they forced to write that on the cake if the person wants that on their cake, Lisa? But, uh, by the way, the restaurant or the uh, Publix has apologized. Go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, the interesting thing here is that this employee seems rogue from the public's right. usual policy because the public says, look, we're a non-discrimination, you know, mm-hmm. we love everybody. But this employee said not only were they not writing trans on there, that they'd also refused to write Black Lives Matter on somebody for a Black Lives Matter party. So uh, it's like... Hey, Barbara. Employees- <laughs> Bar- Barbara. Barbara. Uh, now what's bag. this cake going to say? <laughs> uh, since you're Barbara, you got to put Black Lives Matter <laughs> Piping bag shaking. Yeah, I can't. She won't, she, won't, she won't write anything on there. You know, it's not like happy birthday. But, That's right. You know, <laughs> no, no, yeah. There was a case in 2018 in Colorado. You remember the Colorado baker yes, that wouldn't yeah. make the green wedding cake? So that went to the Supreme Court. It's the Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Human Rights Commission. Supreme Court said, no, nah, if you don't. If you don't want to do that, if you have a firmly held, you know, religious belief and that's against it, you know, whatever, then you you don't have to write it. So, so the employee doesn't have to write it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just interesting that Publix is like, dude, you know, we would have found somebody to write that. This uh, is right, not how we right. So the employee, if they have a belief against it, doesn't have to write it. Well, that's what I was going to ask because the the bakery in eight, 2018, mm-hmm. that was their bakery. They owned it. But, you know, this right. person is a employee of Publix, Publix. could Publix not fire them for not doing their job? I guess, is that the case? Yeah, I think if they, have a, if they have a firmly held religious belief, then Publix would have to say, hey, you know, bakery number two person, get over here and write this. Right. Move, Shove them over the deli. Barbara moves out. Barbara goes down to Can deli. Can we get somebody to the bakery who will write trans on a cake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anyone in the store willing to write trans on a cake? Steady hand preferred. <laughs> right. You're going to get Justin from Frozen Foods to come over and pipe All right, out. I'll, somebody comes over from the fish counter. Oh, yeah. here comes liberal Justin. <laughs> yep. I want to write trans on the cake. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Now, that, what they wrote was people deserve joy. Do you think in the Black Lives Matter case, they just wrote lives, lives matter? matter. <laughs> you do the rest. <laughs> What the first one say? Trans? What was the whole? It's supposed to say trans people deserve, deserve joy. joy. That's got to be a sheet cake. It is a sheet cake with flowers, flowers around the side. Yeah, and they left one yeah. big blank. Yeah, round cake was the one. They left a big blank. They did. They did leave a big blank where the people could fill in their own. They word did. There. They did. And that's what they did. They went. They went and bought some. That charged mm-hmm. by the letter. Do that. I don't know. And you know you can't do as good a job as they do. They do such a nice job. My goodness. All right, another case for you here, Lisa. Another interesting one. Uh, Dr. John Farmer has been awarded $3.7 million in damages after winning a lawsuit against Baptist Health Medical Group in Kentucky. Farmer was accused by a patient's mother of being impaired after touching his nose during a routine appointment in 2019. The attending physician's insistence that Farmer was not impaired, the hospital director of residency also said he was not impaired, but they failed to bring him in for testing. And when he touched his nose a lot, 
that was it for these patients and they sued or they they didn't want him working but now this man has won in court that's a crazy case is it? he's touching his nose it's totally crazy that was the sole basis for them not only so the so the hospital based on this one patient complaint and this poor guy i think was in his residency so this is like a residence nightmare because yeah. he's you know he's trying to get his training and uh get you know he he basically touched his nose a bunch patient's mom didn't like it complained that she thought he was impaired mm-hmm. they actually wrote him up as impaired made him go to uh, like a rehab program and <laughs> and and took away his medical license and he was not impaired he was just touching his nose right it was craziest thing they wouldn't believe him mm. and so he sued and now years later poor guy he got his license back and was awarded 3.7 million dollars well i think he deserves it did they think he was on cocaine because he's, yeah, t- yeah, he's touching his it's nose. old seinfeld joke yeah you touch your nose a lot it's also a mash episode frank burns touched his nose before surgery and hot lips called him out on it really well that's Ooh, a that's a se- now that's a uh that's a hygiene issue though isn't it if you touch your nose right before surgery oh, he yeah, said he didn't <laughs> i don't blame him for not liking him touching his nose but i right. mean don't don't talk to drug use yeah really yeah and and i can't believe they went along with it and said okay you have to go to rehab and all this stuff or go take a program didn't test him for drugs or anything just said dude you touched your nose you're going to rehab. What in the world is wrong? That's crazy. Yeah, that's if you're in surgery and your nose itches, though, do you have to have a nurse itch it for you? I don't Scratch know. It? I don't what know. do you do? I mean, my nose itches. Mine does, well, too. He was, just, he was just seeing, like, a routine office visit. So yeah, he yeah. Had notes. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mine's itching right now. Yeah. Now that we've been talking about it. If you touch it, then it's Try. like all of a sudden you're on drugs. Mm-hmm. One more quick uh, issue here for Lisa Ladeer. One more case from Indiana. Man is trying to figure out how to pay for massive damages to a rental property that was ripped apart by police in April. Police went to his residence after identifying him in a video where he shot a weapon near a minor. The mobile home he was in belonged to Claro Schmidt, who rushed to the area when he heard what was happening. Well, now it's been ripped all apart. Of course, they went in there and tore it up during this encounter. And so Claro Schmidt says, who's going to pay for this? This, is, this? We've had this before, haven't we, where the police do damage to a home? Who pays for it? Well, in an instance where the police have the wrong residence, mm-hmm. that's a different story, and they are usually liable and usually will pay. Yes. But here, there was a there was a, a dangerous suspect in there, and I thought I mean it was a little it seemed a little hasty because they, they like kicked the door in mm-hmm. and just shot the place up and killed the guy. Yep. And um, I mean they really did a lot of damage, and I think it was uh, it was a uh, mobile home and it was just blown to bits and like I think that was somebody I read somewhere it was like four thousand dollars worth of property damage and nine thousand dollars worth of damage, and it may not even be repairable like it was bad they really shot it up right mm. but they were in the right you know they were i mean it's assuming that they were you know not too it seemed a little hasty you know the way it was described was that they just kicked the door in and started shooting right but there may have been something that led up to that but they were they were actually after a legit suspect and so they're not liable for it so the owner of the rental property this was a rental property mm-hmm. so his insurance doesn't cover this there's all kinds of exclusions and it doesn't cover this Ooh. The police won't cover it. So what he's actually trying to do is sue the dead criminal's estate. Well, good luck, dude. You're not going to get anything. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, that's terrible. That's right. Yeah. So, so let's say I'm at my house, and or I'm out pickleballing, and there's a high-speed chase in my neighborhood, and the criminal runs into my house, and they shoot it up and do a ton of damage. <laughs> Is my insurance going to pay for something like that? I mean, I have nothing to do with this guy, you know. Uh, Your homeowner's insurance would probably pay for that. This, it's a little bit different when you own a rental property. You I don't see. have the, the breadth of coverage that you have when it's your, your homeowner's, your okay. residence. 
Why don't well, they shoot up your rental property? Oh, well, I do now, have a... Now, if you shoot up your rental property, you might have a bigger problem. I do have a rental but, property. Yeah. Jeez. You always forget about that. I better call my guy. Yeah, I do forget yeah, about check that. Your, check your policy. It's probably just like fire and wind and oh, stuff like I that. It's probably you're... not cops shooting up the place. Oh, I think they're probably right. Pull up right as they bring out the tank. Oh, man. <laughs> just unload. Don't, don't wait. <laughs> it's not covered for tanks. Don't shoot. <laughs> you should have bought the tank rider. Check, yeah. your, check your policy. Plus, I've recently dipped into that homeowner's, so uh, I'd hate to go back again. Yeah, they don't like you coming back. No, they That's don't. double dipping. They'll yeah, drop you. Don't even call them. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll drop you. That's right. That's Lisa Lanier, our official attorney of this program. LanierLawGroup.com is her website, or HireAHeavyweight.com, the best in the business. If you need some sort of legal aid, legal help, there she is, Lisa Lanier. Lisa, great to talk to you as always. Have a great weekend. You as well. There she goes.